This year, you might notice we have a little something different because sometimes you will see up here a theme that we carry throughout the entire season, all the way through till spring when we uh, break for the summer again. And this year, instead of having one theme that's continuous throughout the entire season, we're going to be doing a couple of different studies throughout the season. And one will take us through this fall season until we break for the holidays. And I am excited because, you know, I have prayed and we have looked at all different series and studies and talked and thought, what should we do? What do the ladies need? And there was one thing that just really resonated. And I felt like this is what God was saying. And I felt so good. And then this last week, as I've been studying and preparing this first message, introduction today, I, I am so convinced, no doubt whatsoever, this is what God is saying for us at this time. And for every one of you here today, I don't think it's an accident or a coincidence that you are here. I believe God ordained for you to be here today. And I want to say, this is a room full of amazing women. Because I can't even tell you how many stories I heard this morning before we started of difficulties women had just to get here today. But you pushed through and you got here. The enemy was trying to, to stop people from getting here today, but he does not win. And God is going to speak to each one of us today. And I believe God is going to do something really significant and a deep work in our hearts throughout these next several weeks together. And how many of you want that? Do you want that? Do you want God to do a work in your heart? You know, we come and we have fun and it's great to see our girlfriends, but we come for more than that, don't we? We come to meet with God and to hear him and be, to be changed and transformed by his spirit, by his word. And I know that's what he is wanting to do. So I want us to take a moment right now. I want us just to pray together. I want us to open our hearts and individually in your own heart, in your own words, ask God to speak to you today, okay? Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. God, we just lay aside distractions. We lay aside the cares of life, the things going on at home right now, the things we dealt with this morning. God, we lay it all aside. We fix our focus on you. And Father, we ask you to speak to us today. Speak to us personally. God, I pray that where we've had blinders on, where we've had blind spots in our lives, God, I pray that you would take the blinders off right now, that you would speak to us so clearly to bring growth in our lives, that we would be molded and shaped more and more into your image and become all that you created us to be in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. Amen. So be it. All right. I want you to turn and look at somebody and go, say what? <laughs> okay. That is the title of our series for the next several weeks. Say what? <laughs> because, you know what, as women... We have a whole lot going on up here in these beautiful brains of ours, don't we? 
Do you? I know I do. I think you do too. Some of it's really good. And some of it's not so good. And some of it's just downright bad that we got to get rid of. And we need to start saying that to ourselves, to our brains. Say, what? We need to start asking ourselves that so we can recognize what we are thinking. We need to start recognizing the lies the enemy is telling us and what we are telling ourselves. And I don't know what's going on in that beautiful brain of yours today. I don't know how you're feeling today, what you're going through, what you came in with, but I would guess that in this place today, there are probably some women who are pretty exhausted. There just might be some women who are a little frazzled and overwhelmed in life. You don't have to raise your hands. There might be some women who are pretty stressed out. There might be some women who are really angry with someone in their lives, something that's happened. There might be some women who are feeling fearful or insecure. There might be some women here today feeling lonely or alone in life. And there might be some women in this place today who are feeling downright defeated and it took everything you had to get here today. Can I tell you right now that there is absolutely no condemnation in this place today. We have all been there at different times. And the enemy will do everything in his power to get us there again. And maybe you are there today. I want you to know that God loves you too much to let you stay there. And I love you too much to let you stay there. I don't want to see anyone stay in that place because God has a different plan for our lives. God has a better plan for our lives. I want you to look with me at John chapter 10. We're going to look at verse 10, and we've been looking at this verse in our series on Sunday mornings, Believing Beyond. I want us to look at that again this morning as we launch into this new series. And in verse 10 it says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. And where it says more abundantly there, it literally means super abundant in quantity and superior in quality. God created us, you and me, to live lives that are supernaturally abundant, thriving, flourishing, overflowing with godly fruit. How many of you want your life overflowing with godly fruit? I do. That's what I want. But you know, sometimes we think that means that we'll have a life free of all trouble, free of all challenges. That's not what it means. The Bible tells us that we will experience challenges in life. But what it does mean is that in the midst of the challenges, we can be overflowing with joy, with peace. Did you know you can have peace in the midst of a challenge? We can be overflowing 
with kindness and God's love towards others in the midst of a challenge. Now, I know that might be a revelation to some of you that you can actually be kind and loving to others when you are going through a mess and chaos, but it is really true. <laughs> we can. <laughs> we can have clarity and divine wisdom in the midst of the challenges of life. We do not have to be wrung out, wrought up, and ripping others to shreds in the middle of life's challenges. Sometimes we live that way, but that is not what God has for us. Look at the first part of that verse. In John 10.10, 10, it says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What does he want to destroy? He wants to destroy that supernaturally abundant life that God created us to live. And too often, we let him win. We let him steal that life from us. Think about this with me. When we are wrung out, when we are frazzled, overwhelmed, angry, wallowing in hurt, fearful, defeated... Are we living the abundant life God created us to live? It's not a trick question. I got one <laughs> no over here. No. <laughs> no. God wants us to be full of his nature, full of his joy, his peace, even in the midst of challenges. And when we're a mess, that's not exactly demonstrating the abundant life that he created us to live. Okay? So... In order to be women who defeat the enemy rather than letting him defeat us, we need to know how he works. We need to understand how he works because he will try to steal that abundant life from us in the exact same way that he did with the first woman ever created. Eve was lied to by the enemy and he is still lying to all of us today. See, when Eve believed and acted on the lie of the enemy, it opened the door for the, all the countless lies that we all hear and believe today. Can I tell you, none of us are exempt from being lied to. Did you know that? Not one of us are exempt from being lied to. But I stand here today to declare we've been lied to and deceived long enough. I have been lied to and deceived long enough. How about you? I don't want to be lied to and deceived any longer. We have the choice. He can lie all he wants, but we have the choice whether we are going to believe it, whether we are going to buy into that lie. And ladies, we've been lied to and deceived long enough. Why? Why do we so easily fall for the enemy's lies? Have you ever stopped to think about it? Did you know that he lies to us so subtly? I mean, he doesn't show up in the form of a serpent like he did to Eve. That would be much more obvious, wouldn't it? I mean, there's not red flashing lights. Lie ahead, lie ahead, warning, be careful. That would be so helpful. But no, he is so subtle. And his lies may come through a book we read, through a magazine, through a romance movie, through a TV show, through social media, through well-meaning friends or family offering their advice. You know, we're bombarded with these messages 
If you don't look like a model, no one's going to want you. Your husband won't want you anymore. We hear the lie. Oh, if your husband doesn't swoon over you like the guy in that love story, oh, he is not a good husband. Oh, you need to go get another husband that's like the guy in the movie. You don't have a good marriage. Okay, just side note. The script was probably written by a woman, and he's getting paid a lot of money to play that part. That is not reality. It's a movie, okay? And so does that mean we can't watch love stories? Oh, of course. But we say, that was such a cute story. And I have a wonderful husband. And that is not reality. And I have a great marriage, okay? We need to differentiate because, see, we can watch a a romance movie, a good chick flick, and then start feeling depressed. Oh, my husband doesn't do that. My husband doesn't do that for me. Oh, he must not really love me. Why can't he be romantic? And then next thing we know, we're mad at him, and he's thinking, what happened? What's going on? (laughs) It's a lie that the enemy plants if we let him through the things that we let come in. Other things. You know, oh, You might lose your boyfriend if you don't sleep with him. Oh, you'll never get ahead at work if you don't cheat and cut corners a little. He is so subtle with his lies. But can I tell you and remind you what it says in 2 Corinthians 11, 14? It says that Satan poses as an angel of light. He poses as an angel of light, trying to make the lie look like truth. He promises happiness and pretends to have our best interests in mind, but his goal is to deceive and to destroy. And anything contrary to the truth of God's word is a lie from Satan himself. And we have got to recognize that. We can be good little church girls and say, I would never listen to Satan. But yet we do it all the time because his lies come so subtly. And I want to tell you, regardless of the avenue that the enemy uses to deliver the lies, when we are believing anything contrary to the truth of God's word, that is Satan's attempt to set a process into motion to destroy our destiny, and to separate us from him. We need to remember that. He wants to rob us of the abundant life that God created us to live. He'll tell you he has something better for you. But a Puritan pastor, Thomas Brooks, put it so well when he said, Satan promises the best, but he pays with the worst. He promises honor and pays with disgrace. He promises pleasure and pays with pain. He promises profit and pays with loss. He promises life and pays with death. Ladies, it is time to refuse to let the enemy deceive us any longer. He is nothing more than a liar. Jesus himself says in John 8, 44, Satan is a liar and the father of lies, and there is no truth in him. Not even a minuscule bit, none. There is no truth 
in him. <clears throat> so first thing we've got to get good at doing is exposing the liar, exposing the source of the lie. And you may be sitting there thinking, well, what does that mean? How do I do that? Do I run around telling everyone, Satan's lying to me, Satan's lying to me? No, that's not what it means, okay? We've got to get good at exposing the liar to ourselves because most often we don't stop to recognize where the lie is coming from. We just think, oh, I just watched that sweet little movie. And we don't even realize what's happening. That we heard the lie, we bought into the lie, we believe the lie, and we're telling our husband he needs to get his act together and be more romantic. <laughs> okay? We've got to recognize the source of the lies. We've got to expose the liar to ourselves. Because too often we go through life picking up his lies, never even realizing that he's lying to us. All right? So first we're going to start exposing the liar. But then we've got to start exposing the lies. Okay? Years ago, I was asked if I would meet with a young girl to give her some guidance and godly counsel. And this young girl... I had known her years prior, and she was on such a beautiful path, serving God, heart towards God, heart for ministry. But for some reason in that, that more recent time, she had really started going off in a different direction. And I had heard things that she had gotten herself into, and she had now found her place, herself in a place of just total hopelessness and despair, thinking there was no reason to even go forward. And so we set up a time to meet. And I remember as that meeting got closer, I started thinking, God, I don't even know what to tell her. I don't know how to help her. I haven't been through what she's been through recently and the things that she's gotten involved in. I don't know how to help her. God, I need you. I need your help. How do I help this precious girl? And I'll never forget, God spoke so vividly to me. And he showed me a picture of a progression similar to a timeline. And as he walked me through this timeline, he reminded me of Eve. And I want to share that timeline with you. And, you know, as we're in this series, I encourage you to be taking notes we're just together a, a few weeks in this fall season before we break for the holidays. And I know God wants to do something significant in our hearts. So I encourage you, have a notebook, take some notes. But I want you to write down and draw out this timeline as we talk about it today. Because it is so powerful if we can get our heads and our hearts around this. And so I think we've got a slide coming on the screen. And when God showed me this picture... He showed me a progression, but he started at the end, at the far right side of the timeline instead of the left. He started at the end with the negative fruit. Can you all see that on the screens? And he reminded me of Eve, and he said, after everything was said and done, after the fruit was eaten, what was the, the fruit that was being produced in Eve's life? And I... I thought about it, and I realized the shame, 
the despair. Can you imagine? I mean, here she is. She's separated from God. Imagine the despair, thinking, what have I done? And the shame they were feeling because they now realize they're naked. Not only the shame of, of going against God, but now knowing they're naked, they're running, they're hiding from God. She's separated from God. That's the negative fruit that she was experiencing in her life, not the abundant fruit that God had for her. And then God said, okay, now let's back up one step. What came before that negative fruit was produced? There was an action. I said, yeah, the action of, of eating that apple, eating the fruit of the tree that he asked them not to eat of. He said, everything else is for your pleasure. Just don't eat the fruit of that one tree. And she had done exactly what God had asked her not to do. And then God said, okay, now let's back up one more step. There was a belief that set that action into motion. And she believed that what God had told her was not true. She was believing a lie. There you go. She listened to the enemy's lie. And she bought the enemy's lie. She believed it. And that belief then produced action that then produced this negative, destructive fruit in her life. And this progression is true for all of us. This is what will happen in our lives. And with this young girl that I was about to counsel, God showed me this timeline, and he, he walked me through it with Eve, and then he said, now walk through it with this young girl. And I sat and I talked with her, and I said, okay, we talked about what she was currently experiencing, the hopelessness, the despair, the shame that she was feeling. And then I said, now talk to me about the actions, the things that have been going on in your life here recently. And she told me about the things that she'd gotten involved in and the poor choices that she'd made and the harmful habits that she'd allowed to develop in her life. And you know, a lot of people would stop right there and they would say, okay, we need to stop those habits. We need to stop that behavior. Find yourself an accountability partner and stop doing those things. But God said, we need to go further than that. We need to go back and ask her what she was believing about herself in that season of her life. And so I asked her that question. And I discovered that there was a belief system that she had bought into that was framing her life. And she had bought into the lies of the enemy that said that she was a failure, that she was worthless, that God could never use her, that God did not have a future or purpose for her life. She bought into that, and those became the things that she told herself, that she meditated on, and they produced the actions and the negative, destructive fruit in her life. Ladies, we've got to recognize Listening to the enemy's lies is so dangerous. You see, they start in our mind, but when we meditate on them, they move to our heart and become our belief, a way of thinking. They become what we tell ourselves every day. You see, the enemy may plant a seed, 
but then we're too good at picking that up and then telling ourselves the same thing over and over. He doesn't even need to bother repeating it because we get so good at repeating it to ourselves over and over, and it ends up shaping the course of our life. And if we're going to be free from the negative, destructive, harmful fruit in our life that's contrary to the abundant life, the godly fruit that God wants us to be experiencing, then we have to discover the lie that is at the root. It has to be pulled up by the root. We can't just deal with the actions and behaviors in our lives. We have to go further. We have to recognize what we're believing. We have to recognize what lie we bought into and pull it up by the root. How many of you ever been weeding in your garden? Done a little weeding, anybody? I do on a rare occasion. And <laughs> but I can remember as a kid, my mom would make me weed. And so I'd be pulling the weeds up. And I liked the brand new ones because they come up so easy, right? By the root, they just pull right out. But then those ones that have been in there a long time, they're hard to get out. So when she wasn't looking, I just like cut the top off and put some dirt over it. And <laughs> But she always knew what I was doing. She'd say, no, 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 you can't do that. That's not getting the, the weed out. It's going to keep on growing. And she showed me there's a way to get it out. The ones that have been in there the longest are harder to get out. Same thing with those lies. When we let them stay in there, when we meditate on them, when they become part of a belief system, they're a little bit harder to get out. But they can come out. We can get them out. And we've got to pull up the lies by the root. Ladies, over the years, I have seen this progression hold true over and over again. It happens to all of us. That if we recognize the negative fruit that we're experiencing in our lives and then backtrack, we'll see that we've taken some actions maybe made some decisions or some choices that have gotten us there to that point. But those actions will always have been produced by lies that we chose to believe. But if we can recognize those lies and replace them with truth, it will bring freedom in our lives. I recently read a story of a young woman, and she was sharing with others this freedom that she had finally found. She said she had dealt with uh, a, an addiction to a moral habit that she'd struggled with since she was 13 years old. And she said she tried everything to stop. And she went to church and to Bible study and had an accountability partner and, and did everything she knew of. She prayed. She asked God to help her. But she could not stop. And at this stage of her life, she was married. They were involved in ministry. She was serving others. She loved God, but she could not conquer this one thing, and she had such shame over it. And one day, she got up the courage to talk to an older woman and to ask for help. And the older woman told her to go and ask God to show her what lies she had been believing. And she said... I didn't think I had been believing any lies. When she said that to me, I thought, I'm not believing any lies. But she went and she prayed. And God revealed to her two areas 
where she had allowed the enemy to lie to her and deceive her. And she recognized those lies. And she started pulling them out by the root, replacing them with the truth of God's word. And she said, finally, I have found true, total freedom. And she was so excited. And, and her life had been progressing. And she stayed continually free. Ladies, the truth is what will set us free. But we can't replace the lie with the truth until we recognize the lies that we believe. I have seen this in my own life. I've shared with you before, there was a time in my life when the negative fruit was just feeling so alone, lonely, like nobody liked me. Nobody wanted to be around me. I felt lonely. I felt just Alone in life and unwanted. Don't say it. Oh. <laughs> and then, one day God just helped me so much to recognize and to go backwards and to see, well, I pushed people away. I was pushing people away from me because I assumed they didn't want to be with me. Because back one more step, I was believing the lie of the enemy that nobody liked me, that nobody wanted to be around me. And I had to recognize the lie and then recognize the fact that God loves me, God adores me, God accepts me completely, and I'm surrounded by people who love me, and it's such a lie from the enemy. I had to pull the lie out by the root and change the belief system in my head. Ladies, we all need to do that. John 8, 32, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We spend too much time listening to the enemy's lies, agreeing with him, and repeating his lies to ourselves. We need to start agreeing with God and the truth of his word if we are ever going to walk in true freedom. We've got to start replacing the lies with the truth. You know, think about Eve. She never stopped, at least the word doesn't indicate, that she ever stopped to consider what she was thinking and believing before taking action. We've got to get good at stopping and recognizing what we are thinking about, what we are believing. We've got to become women who stop and talk to ourselves. Say, what? We've got to ask ourselves, what am I thinking? What am I allowing the enemy to say to me? What am I telling myself? And we've got to replace the lies with the truth, which will bring freedom. I want us to just quickly touch on this, that there's two, there are really two parts to replacing the lies with the truth. Because even though Eve didn't do that, and we see in her life, and you may be thinking, well, she didn't have the word. She didn't have the Bible. She didn't have the word to replace the lie with the truth. No, she had the word from God himself who spoke directly to her and told her she could enjoy all the fruit of all the trees, just not this one. So could she have stood up to the enemy and said, no, 
God said not to eat that. He doesn't lie. I'm going to follow God. Sure, she could have, but she didn't. But the Bible gives us another example of someone who does stand up to the enemy. And we're going to learn from this example because when the lies come, we have got to be armed and ready with the truth of God's word. And we're not going to take time to read through all the verses today, but I encourage you on your own to take some time to read through Matthew 4, where Jesus is tempted in the wilderness by the devil. Think about that. If the devil's going to lie to and tempt Jesus himself, isn't he going to try it with us? Of course. We've got to just know that that's what he does. But we can follow Jesus' example. And in this passage here, the enemy tempts Jesus, but every temptation was based on a lie. He tried to get Jesus to question that he was the son of God. He said, if you're really the son of God, turn these stones into bread. He played on his weakness because he'd been fasting for 40 days. He knew he had to be hungry. If you're really the son of God, turn these stones to bread. He tried to get him to question that he was the son of God. He tries to get us to question that we're the daughters of God, doesn't he? He tried to get him to question he was the son of God, and he played on his hunger to get him to try to take matters into our own hands. The enemy loves to try to get us to take matters into our own hands. But what did Jesus do? He answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. He stood up and responded to the enemy with the word. And then, once again, the enemy tries it again. And this time, he's telling him, if you jump off a cliff, it doesn't matter. They, he gives his angels charge over you, and they will protect you. He tells them, do whatever you want. If you're really the son of God, he will protect you. Does he try the same things with us? Oh, do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. You're a child of God. It'll be okay. But Jesus stood up to him with the word. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. He stands up in his face. And then one more time, the, the enemy takes him up on to the mountaintop and he shows him all the kingdoms of the world and he says, you don't need the Father. This can all be yours. This can be all your rule and reign if you just bow down and worship me. He's saying, I'll give you something so much better. I'll make you great. And what did Jesus do? He replied with the word, and he said, away with you, Satan. It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Jesus stopped the enemy in his tracks every time. He looked that lie in the face, and he said, say what? No way, devil, no way. I am not going there. I am believing the truth of the word of God. And you know what happened after that? It says that the devil left him and ministering angels came to him. 
And right after that, immediately following that, Jesus stepped into his earthly ministry, gathering disciples, teaching, preaching, healing, all kinds of sickness and disease. And ladies, if we want to see ourselves step into a greater level of the fullness of God's purposes for our lives, it will happen when we start standing up to the enemy and refusing to believe his lies. We've got to be armed and ready with the truth of God's word because he will bombard us with lies from all different sources every single day. So when those lies come, we got to be ready. we got to know what the word says. But there's a second part to this. One, we've got to be ready for the lies that come. But two, what if there are already lies that we have fully bought into? <clears throat> lies that have already produced actions or a lifestyle within us. Lies that we're experiencing that negative, destructive fruit in our lives as a result of. Rather than the abundant life, the overflowing with godly fruit, we're experiencing some negative fruit. What do we do then? I want to tell you, this is where I really believe that God is going to bring freedom in our lives in these next several weeks together. He's going to help us recognize the lies we've been believing so we can uproot those lies and replace them with the truth. You know, it's not always easy to recognize the lies when our belief system has formed around them. Just like the woman's story I shared with you, when the, the older woman told her to pray and ask God what lies she'd been believing. She said, I'm not believing any lies. So often, that can be our first reaction. We don't even know they're there because we've allowed our belief system to wrap around them. And so, our first step is going to be to identify the negative fruit in our lives. And if we could pull that slide up one more time, Travis. And hopefully you've drawn a picture of this on your notes. And maybe under negative fruit, maybe that's too nice of a word. Maybe I should have said rotten fruit. But, you know, I'm trying to be nice. Okay, so... <laughs> Under negative fruit, maybe you want to jot down a few notes of what types of things that could be. It could be areas of bondage or struggle, sin, things that are contrary to the abundant life God has for you. It could be physical bondage and addictions. It could be mental, emotional bondages like fear, like bitterness. Like depression, anxiety, inner turmoil. It might be habits. Even things like lying or pride or need for continual approval. I believe God's going to show us the areas of negative fruit in our lives. Because he wants our lives to abound with his blessings, with godly fruit he wants our lives to be thriving, where we experience that supernatural abundance in our lives. So let's start recognizing the things that are contrary to that. 
the negative fruit in our lives so we can uproot it and get it out, all right? I want to pray for you this morning. But as I do, I want to ask you right there, to, in your own heart, to ask God to show you the areas of, of negative fruit in your life, the things that are contrary to the godly fruit, contrary to the abundant life he wants you to be living. Okay, and we're going to start identifying that fruit today. Father, I thank you for these amazing women. They're your daughters. They're so precious and valuable to you. And you desire that every one of them experience true, supernatural, abundant life in you. So, Father, I pray right now that you would just begin to take blinders off, that you would just show them the things in their lives that are just the negative fruit. Father, maybe there's been bondages, addictions, hurts that they've been holding on to that have been causing them to be just so unhappy and, and in despair. God, whatever it is, God, the list could go on and on. But Father, I pray that you would make it so personal right now and just bring to light in each woman's heart the negative fruit that you want to remove. And Father, I thank you for your wisdom. I thank you for your guidance. I thank you for your love. You love us so much that you'll show us and then you're going to help us backtrack so we can recognize the lies and be free once and for all. In Jesus' name. We thank you and we praise you, Father. Thank you, God. And ladies, just while your heads are still bowed, your eyes are closed, I just want to ask, maybe you're here in this place today and maybe you never even knew that God has a plan for your life. Maybe you never knew that you could have your own personal relationship with him. He longs to live every day in genuine relationship with you. And the word says, if we believe in our hearts that Jesus is the Son of God, if we confess him as the Lord of our lives, we will be saved. And when it says we will be saved, it means that we will have the assurance that we can spend eternity in heaven with him. But not just that. On this earth, we can have the assurance of living daily in genuine living, breathing relationship with him. We can be saved from trying to do life all on our own. He created you to do life with him. And if you want to have that life with him, and you say, today I'm done doing it all on my own. I want to surrender to him. We want to pray with you. We're all going to pray a prayer together to ask Jesus to be Lord of our lives. And I just want to ask everyone, let's just pray this together. And if that's you and you are asking him to be Lord of your life for the first time today or rededicating your life to him, wrap your heart around these words as we pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you're my Father, that you created me, and you created me to live life abundantly with you. I'm done trying to do it on my own. Right now, I surrender my life to you. I choose to live for you every day. 
I ask you, Jesus, to be my Lord and Savior. Help me to grow in you. I will go forward in relationship with you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Let's just welcome new sisters into God's family today. Awesome. Okay, a couple remaining things. First of all, if you prayed that prayer with us for the first time today, we just want to give you a simple little tool to help you get started walking with God. It's just a simple little booklet called The Next Seven Days, and the table host at your table has some of those. She'd be happy to give you one if you just simply ask her for it. And I believe there's also some available at the Connection Center as well if you're in a hurry and need to pick one up on your way out. But we have one more thing we're going to do before we go. And... We have a handout today, and we're going to be having a handout each week in this series. And if you think, uh-oh, I can't make every week, it's okay, don't worry. It, if you miss one, it's okay. But remember, you can always listen on the podcast. But this is just a handout for this week, okay? And you'll notice at the top, it says, first, list the negative fruit in your life. So what we just prayed for God to show us, I want you to write down, what did he show you? What's the negative fruit that you're going to be free from? Okay, I want you to write those things down because it's so easy to go from this place and forget all about it. But we're not going to forget about it. We're going to see God do a thorough work in our lives. So I want you to just take a minute right there at your tables. You can just be quiet. I know you're anxious to chat and you can do that. But just take a few minutes. I believe God already spoke to you and showed you some things. I want you to write those things down, and then at each table, when it seems like uh, everyone's finished writing, then I'm just going to ask uh, if you want to just take a moment and just go around, introduce yourself if you haven't met, and just share simply one little thing. You don't have to share everything, but you might have the courage to share one thing. You can be as vague as you want. And if you don't want to share anything, you can just say, I'm still processing, okay? It's all right. No pressure. Okay. And we want you to know that the tables are not a scary place. They're, you're free. You can say pass. You can say whatever, okay? No pressure. And, um, but then I just want to ask today that the table hosts at each table, would you just simply... After the women at your table share, would you simply just pray and pray for the ladies at your table today? And then there's a step two. When you leave this place, I want you to take this paper with you. This is yours. Nobody else needs to see this, okay? I want you to take this with you. And underneath first, you'll see where it says next. Start recognizing what you say to yourself. I want you to write down the thoughts that fill your mind each day this week. Okay, so you've got a spot for today. And then tomorrow, which is Wednesday, and it takes you all the way through when we come back next week. I'm going to suggest, I don't know how many of you will actually do this, but I'm going to suggest you set a timer on your phone three times a day to go off and just ask you, have it ask you a question, what am I thinking? Because we hardly ever stop to ask ourselves. We hardly ever stop and go, say, what? What is going on in that beautiful brain? 
we need to start asking ourselves, what am I thinking? Yeah, that's a better one. Your phone, your little reminder should be, say what? Okay. <laughs> um, but seriously, I want us to start recognizing what we're thinking. Because we are not aware of the majority of what goes on up here. Okay? So just start writing down each day the things that continually play over and over in your mind. Okay? And then we're going to go a step further when we gather back next week. All right? Invite some girlfriends to join you next week. Love you guys so, so much.